Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome, or should I say welcome back, to the Independent Football Podcast. It is Thursday the 9th of May. Uh, I've got the date right. I am your interim host, Jack Pitbrook, uh, and today we're going to have a big talk about the Champions League. Uh, I'm interim to- host? Yeah. Uh, do we want to go into that on air or? Uh, well, let's talk about it next week. Okay. But, but you're, well, you're certainly hosting today. Yeah. Uh, I kind of see myself as a sort of Rafa Benitez interim. Win the Europa League. Uh, hated by the fans. <laughs> eventually go off and manage Napoli. Ang- angling for the job. Ma- machina- you know, machinations behind the scenes are in transfers trying to get people in despite yeah, the fact yeah, you yeah. don't know you'll be in it next year. Yeah. Has he signed a new contract yet? No, Rafa has not yet signed a new contract. That's a so angle for him. Oh, I uh, thought so went after Mourinho to see that. Didn't yeah, that's uh, a, a report. Stun- a bit stunty. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, sorry. Reg- uh, regular listeners will know those two voices. I'm joined by, uh, on my right, chief football writer Miguel Delaney. Say hello, Miguel. Hello, Miguel. Uh, and on my left, uh, sports editor Melian. How you doing? Oh, I thought you were going to tell me sorry, to say hello. Say no, hello. No, Hello, hello to everyone. How's hello it, to Jack. How does it feel to move from like the host? You, you move from host to guest. Well, I feel like uh, more of like a chilled out entertainer now. It's uh, like, like Alistair Cook giving it's up much the captaincy. Easier, it's much easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you, don't have to, you don't have to think. Well, that's why Miguel. <laughs> that must be why Miguel's always sat on his phone yeah. because you've got so much time to like do what you want right? instead of like. They're, tr- they're, to, they're talking, talking yeah. for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Leave, the leave the plebs out. are talking. Like, you're trying to you're trying to think of ways to like link <laughs> when like someone's talking about I don't know like UB40's greatest hits album and I'm trying to get it back onto the Premier League. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's good yeah. to be here. Yeah, and so Miguel, I mean, you can probably guess this if you go on his Twitter, but most of the time when Miguel isn't talking on the podcast, he's bodying people on Twitter. Nah, that's what harsh. Replying <laughs> to people saying, you completely misunderstand my point there. That's or, not bodying people. It's just, they, sometimes they have. Sometimes that's that's really not what Atletico Madrid are all about. <laughs> have, have you ever heard of nuance? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I predict, I mean, what's the over-under on how many tweets Miguel will send during the recording well, of this podcast? Well, the thing is, unfortunately, well, it's actually on WhatsApp you've, there, you've, just so. ditched, you've just ditched the number because yeah. he can now affect the outcome. We oh, should yeah, have actually yeah, had yeah. the secret bet before, like we usually do. Um, I was on WhatsApp, so yeah. Well, you know, well, completely. That's me told. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. No, he was paying attention. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, we probably should talk about the Champions League. Yeah, it's been a big, juicy week of Champions League football. Um, let's start at the start with Anfield. Yeah, uh, Miguel, you were there. You wrote very well about it um, from the top. Tell me your thoughts. Um, <laughs> it's it's actually still a little bit difficult to process because. <laughs> I mean, even myself and Edward talking about this, I had, in, basically in the build-up to this week, expecting Ajax Barca, I had so many ideas for the final, ahead of, and all that's just blown to smithereens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sent me, a, sent me, a, sent me a, a very comprehensive list of ideas that we could maybe do in the next two and a half weeks. Uh, which, show, I suppose, shows us how he was thinking. I suppose it shows how everyone was thinking, really, because I mean, this, this is the amazing thing. I mean, before we get to Liverpool and what they did, I suppose this is one reason why it's so sensational. Barca must be really kicking themselves. And it's like... This couldn't have been a better set-up Champions League season for them. Madrid are, you know, down and gone. Ronaldo's gone. The path opens up. The other semi-final is to beat two winnable, game, winnable games, no matter who they get. They win the first leg 3-0. 
<laughs> the other, the other yeah. team gets to injuries to their best players. They've got Messi, who like, deter- and yet somehow they conspire to go out. And that's why, as brilliant as Liverpool were, their resolve still doesn't have the same effect if Barca weren't as pathetic as they were. And that's the only way that... I mean, what sums it up is that fourth goal, almost. I mean, yeah. it's, it's amazing that such a momentous incident that will probably go down in, in history, particularly if Liverpool win the competition, can be as farcical as that. Yeah. Right, that, the fourth goal was unbelievable. Like at the yeah. moment, I, I was watching it with my with my other half, and I, I was like, I was trying to explain to her like why that was so like because you know it yeah. just looks like just he's just taking the corner quickly. Yeah. One thank you to whoever's directing that game live who caught it on camera, yeah. rather than yeah. cutting to a replay or or something else, which easily could have happened. Yeah. And we could have missed that goal. We could have missed one of the, like the actual great Champions League moments uh, of the last couple of years, but. Unbelievable from Trent Alexander-Arnold, who I think was brilliant all night. Um, so sloppy from Barcelona. So, like, they're just so switched off. So lethargic, you know. And, and it's kind of, I guess, basically, if you look at the entire performance, it's the perfect kind of, in a microcosm, what was mm. wrong with Barcelona. They were yeah. they were sloppy, they were second best, they were not switched on. And they approached everything completely wrong. But, but, oh, oh, sorry, go on. So I was going to say we should talk let's talk about Barcelona before we talk about Liverpool. Yeah. How would you I mean would, how would you compare it to the screw up against Roma last season? I, I actually think it's worse because I think every single um mental failing a team can have is actually in some way visible in this game. First of all they went in really complacent and arrogant and as if they just had to turn up. That was then suddenly they soon realized they were in a game and they tried to basically slow it down with some methodical passing. A little bit like uh, Guardiola's City last season. Yeah. But that meant it, it didn't actually take the pace out of the game. It just meant they weren't intense enough to match Liverpool. Yeah. Then as soon as Liverpool scored, they panicked. And it was a panic they never really got out of, especially in defence. There was a spell at the end of the first half where they were attacking well, mostly through Messi. And then that, that panic, though, just gave way to kind of just rabbit in the headlight stuff until eventually they were almost like completely distracted by mm. the fear of, of what was going to happen and unable to do anything about it. The thing that really annoyed me is you've got Messi in the team. Like if you score one goal, they've got, they've got to score five. Mm. Uh, I know mm. Liverpool got four in the end, but if Barcelona score one, it sucks the energy out of that stadium. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah. the way that they, like, they were so poor, they were, it, the approach from Valverde was pitiful i really like was so so disappointed in because i've, I've you know i think he's, he's kind of a, a boring sort of coach he's yeah. not spectacular mm. but i think i've been quite defensive of him because i think he's done a, he's done a terrific job actually um kind of he's had a lot of critics basically because he's not guardiola or, mm. or tito villanova essentially um he, he's not the most interesting mm. guy but what he's done his record there has been fantastic he's won the double both uh, both years he's been there um last year you could say was an aberration and then what happens this year again and you, you've got to point to him uh you know as a responsible person in this because their approach on yeah. on tuesday was terrible i was actually just looking i mean if you look at the spanish press there's been a lot of stuff written about who's going to leave and and all this sort of stuff and you do realize how old some of this team mm. is and if you look at this year you know ajax energetic like you watch ajax and it's like a frenetic energetic mm. young team who are exciting to yeah. watch and liverpool play that, the game at 100 miles an hour. And Barca's team, there's a lot of them who are 30, 31, 32. Yeah. I'm just looking, I was trying to find the list. I wonder what a different Dembele would have made in that, in that sense. Well, yeah, I was trying to find the list just now. So I went on Sport, which is one of the big Barcelona papers. And if you just scroll through the headlines, I mean, they are taking this very badly. Three sacred cows on the way out. And that's Rakitic, Mtiti, and Coutinho. Among those going to be sold. There's a secret contract clause with Valverde, which allows them to get rid of him. 
something is broken in the Barca dressing rooms, everyone. Now what is the next headline? We we can't put everything on Messi is the next one. Inter will offer 50 million for Rakitic is the next one. Coutinho saved Barcelona millions with this poor performance. Do you think Valverde's position is or should be under threat? Um, for the, just because of the manner they've gone out of what was their biggest aim. You can't, like The fact it's so similar yeah. is, is very problematic. I will say I, want, I wanted Messi to win yeah. the Champions League in the same way I wanted him to win the World Cup last yeah. summer. Uh, like I believe him to be the greatest footballer of all time. I mean, he's certainly the greatest footballer I've ever seen. And, and I... I think what? How many has he won? Three. Well, he's, won he's, he's got four medals, but he, like he barely took part. For the first one, he got yeah. injured against Chelsea in the last sixteen after destroying Azier de Lorno. So yeah. if you know, if he retires with with four Champions League medals, I still feel that's like an inadequate haul for a player yeah. of his. Yeah. You know, he, he defined a generation, yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Um, so it is, and, and you know, he, you know, they say he, he cried his eyes out in the dressing room yeah. at Anfield, which is, I think. It shows you just how much it means to him still. And he That's still what wants to do, it. do to you. And, but you can't, you can't rule them out. You can't rule them out winning it next season. No, no, exactly. All the season after, because as long as he's still there, I will yeah, always believe. Yeah, that Barca and especially can do if they if they bring in a coach. I mean, the one the one criticism we make about Verde. I mean, well, have you seen the name they've been linked with today? Who's that? Xavi. That's a, that feels a bit Solskjaer. It's a bit early. I mean, yeah. even Guardiola, like he went through the year in the B yeah. team and then he was so good there that they kind of felt, okay, we have to appoint Has he been guy. having any uh, coaching responsibilities at Al Saad? Mm, I mean... Well, he, he won the Qatar, Qatar Dream League, whether well, it's called go. Qatar Stars League. Um, um, I also, the other thing I was going to say... The good that someone bangs, bangs on about football morality so much is willing to... Uh, that, it's almost part of the problem at Barca that Xavi would be the choice over, say, Eric Ten Hag. Yeah, you know, like yeah. you just watched this guy do something phenomenal with Ajax, yeah. playing brilliant football. He was Bayern's under twenty three manager under Guardiola, playing football mm. essentially the Barcelona way. Yeah. And yeah. you instead you're going to go and get the guy who's been well, stuck in Qatar for a couple of they're years. They're only going to get like De Jong and the likes, so they may as well. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bring them all well, in. Well, we're here. Yeah, um, let's move on to those tricky Reds, yeah. the Red Man, uh, TRM. How would you how would you rank that among great Liverpool champion like Anfield no, of, ha- of the Klopp era? Is that the best I, no, performance I think, of Klopp I, I, era? I, I, that's got to be the best in their history. I mean, the, the, the yeah. pre the previous before best Anfield best Anfield obviously winning it trumps it, but I think that's the best, the best Anf- Anfield European night ever. Yeah, I mean, like the, the previous best is probably it's not Istanbul. It's not as good as it. I mean, no, Istanbul was winning the whole damn thing yeah. at, at Anfield. At Anfield, yeah. like the previous best at Anfield was San Etienne, yeah. who that and San Etienne were very good, but. And it, like they're not Barcelona, they're not Messi, and the scale wasn't as high. I, like it's just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and and even the context as well. well how <sighs> is it? I mean, I don't want to get too wrapped up in like the details of how they did it, but what do you um, like? How do you think they did it? Was there a moment where you thought they were going to like where you realised this was on, or was there anything uh, in their play I, that surprised you? I was very doubtful, and even even after they scored the first goal, I was still thinking. Barca will get one here and that will kill yeah. it. But I didn't think it was a game at all until the first goal. And then you kind of then, then I mean the fact that they reduced to where you, you were still thinking it's 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 still sixty forty or fifty five forty five Barca. The fact that they did that alone shows the kind of power of it. And I think like what stands out for me, I suppose, is really the immense resolve of this team. I mean, like you know, after what after first of all after getting beaten three 0 by Barca in the first leg, you would have thought. That's it. That, that, yeah. Their season's in danger, finishing flat, flatly. Then they go and beat Newcastle the way they did. Then City respond to that with that goal by company. 
and you think, okay, that could, they surely know that this is going to be mm-hmm. a non-event, and then they respond with with that. I mean, I mean, by all logic, they 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 should have spluttered somewhere by now, but they have. They just keep going, keep firing full cylinders, and you do worry or or wonder. I mean, this week we've had so Monday night mm. as well, which is I feel like a distant memory. Now. Yeah, Vincent Company with one of the great Premier League moments that that goal from thirty yards. Which which could decide the league title? It could not. Um, Tuesday night, that was absolutely just off the charts. Liverpool, Barca, and then and then the Ajax Spurs, which we'll discuss in a minute. Do you think this helps Liverpool with the title race? You know, do you think that they could do this on, on Sunday, or is it just you just rely on Man City and say I, um, that they're going to be? I mean, we'll get to that, I suppose, but I, I think in the same way, I mean, on the the morning of the Barcelona game. Klopp gathered the team together in their in that hotel they have Hope, Hope Street and uh, he basically said anyone want to discuss last night no okay we move on and I think that's just very much the same with City as well I, I think that's why they've both been on these runs because they're both so kind of focused yeah. on themselves I don't think there's much I don't think there's I mean I don't want to get into this now but I think there's much like psychological interaction between yeah. the two teams yeah, yeah. I think they are both very good at being blinkered yeah. we've had no mind games or anything have we actually I, no. I don't really thought about that it has been a very straight track yeah. I guess that's what I mean, you there's been no he's got to go to Newcastle and get something yeah it's yeah. when you lose Jose and, and, and Fergie and, and Rafa and people like that from the title race people I mean, said it people said they Conte- like this respect not for me <laughs> <laughs> Conte had a you know Conte had a streak to him as well like mm. we just we we haven't really got that. There's a lot of there is a lot of mutual respect. You're right, Klopp, mm. Guardiola, Pochettino. They don't tend to get bogged down in this stuff. Yeah, it, it, I mean, Jose literally did bring out the worst in everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in relation to the whole kind of Liverpool, how they hype themselves up. I think what's actually quite fascinating about Klopp, and it's in some ways it's counterintuitive, especially with what's going on the shambles of Man United and the kind yeah. of. At a club like Liverpool, and Rafa very much tapped into this. Like he thought, okay, we've got to make ourselves better by taking the best from our history and kind of yeah. really playing on that. Whereas Klopp has absolutely no interest in that. He thinks it's just he thinks that's just negative energy. So he's not he he doesn't really he doesn't really care too much for the history in that regard. His whole point to the players is always um, let's make our own history. Let's let's and yeah. he he whips them up. What was that line that I read that he he said to the players before the Newcastle game? It was something like. If anyone can do it, it's you guys. Or is he the no before the Barcelona second mm. leg? If anyone can do it, it's you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's like the whole th- the whole team is just is an absolute credit to his mental approach. Like the yeah. resolve, like you were just saying, like the resolve they have is unbelievable. And if you think about it, for all the talk about signing Allison and Van Dijk and the money spent, I I actually think that's still a quite because Kata hasn't really clicked fully. Like he hasn't been deciding yeah. that his money would suggest. Um, and because a few other issues, I I still don't think that's a complete side. Like no. the, the, mid, the midfield is a little bit makeshift. Yeah, it is. Like you could easily they could easily add another midfielder or two yeah. to it. And the other th- and the other thing that stands out is there were times last year when there was like a bit of a narrative around Liverpool, which was that they were a one man team. Yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. They were being carried by Salah in a way that was reminiscent of like Suarez twenty thirteen yeah, fourteen or like Bale's Tottenham. And while Sal- you know whatever you think of Salah's season this year, that has been proven not to be the case yeah. because Salah has been less like individually spectacular, and the team has been even better. Mm-hmm. Like ultimately, it's not like the Torres Liverpool, or the Suarez Liverpool, yeah. or the Gerard Liverpool at all. It's a much more team teamier. Is that a word? It's a much more teamier team. It's a unit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and 
that I guess bears itself out when Divakarigi is your hero. Yeah, right. Like these guys, are, these individuals are not good players. Like, well, like, well, well Divock. The, the, <laughs> thing about, the thing I would say about Arigi, I remember when he signed. Uh, do you remember the 2014 World Cup? Mm. He was like one of the breakout stars. He got that, like, he got that goal. Didn't he he was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I, I did a couple of Belgian games at that World Cup, and he was brilliant. And and he burst onto the scene, and it was basically who's going to sign him from Lille, mm. Real Madrid, Liverpool, United, whatever. Um, Liverpool signed him, and he. He kind of just disappeared off the radar. Really, never. He had one season. We played a bit for them. And, he, he, and he, had, he had one big moment before Everton this season. What was it again? One late. He, he did get the he, Everton goal. The Everton but even goal before the Everton goal, there was one uh, thing he had. Yeah, I can't remember. But so if this is a different podcast, we'd now like <laughs> we, we would stop recording, look it up on our phones, turn that, the recording yeah, back yeah. on, and go. I believe it was actually <laughs> Brighton Hove Albion away. But because we're not frauds and show-offs, yeah. we're just going to... Uh, <laughs> ja- ja- jazz virtuosos. We, yeah. we, we don't know. Um, but they are now going to offer him a new contract. Fresh off. Yeah. Uh, the, the hero of... The hero yeah. of Barcelona comeback. I mean, he's 24, so like I don't, I don't see any problem with that anyway. But it, you know, if he can be a contributor... Then he's a good, he's a good kind he, of backup. If he, he's actually, yeah, that's it. He's a perfect backup. I mean, if he's willing to stick around in that way to basically play the Solskjaer role, not in the, yeah, you know, underwhelming manager, but or unsatisfactory mm. manager, but but the actual the kind of the player who's willing yeah. to sit in the better ways for his chance, then that's that's perfect. But he's, he's, he's got the right skill set. Yeah, mm. and there's this, there's a connection here to Tottenham, which is that it's it's a big skill of managers to make your squad players feel included. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's something that Southgate talked a lot about about the World Cup. It's something that is, I know is important to Pochettino and it's mm-hmm. something which is clearly relevant to Klopp. Like he, if Klopp was a different sort of manager then these guys like Origi, uh, Shakiri would look kind of not that fast. You mm-hmm. know, they, they'd get disconsolate and down on themselves because they don't always play. But the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, at this stage in the season he can chuck in Origi and he rewards yeah. him with two goals against Barcelona in the Champions League semi is testament to how but, Klopp does keep all those guys well, even Shakiri. it's only one thing there was all these jokes about oh, where's where, where Jardin gone because like, yeah. he, he got the goal against United and then basically disappeared for a while and now he's back putting in the cross that yeah. equalised he, he won them a lot of points though then he, like, he, yeah. he had like a five game spell yeah, where yeah. He, he played really well and then he has kind of disappeared but then you watch them you watch them celebrate in front of the cop the other night and there are like substitutes or guys who don't play that often crying their eyes out yeah, exactly. which actually is exactly what you're, you know yeah. your point is it is that is is such a great man management skill. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't want the guys on the bench to be these people who feel frozen out and not included and stuff, which is, you know, always a problem. When you see something going south, like, yeah. you know, like, I don't want to bring up Jose again, but Jose's Chelsea, Jose's Man United. <laughs> um, you know, it's always like the fringe players are unhappy and then this happens yeah. and then that yeah. happens and stuff. If you keep the harmony, yeah, yeah. like, that does go a long way to helping well, you. It, it's interesting that... Um Mourinho so praised Klopp in the way he did. I actually think it's a little bit of a backhanded compliment because Mourinho, I think, is one of those managers who, who basically thinks that Klopp is just just a motivator. Yeah, so yeah. and he really played it up in that piece of analysis. And while motivation was obviously a massive part of it, I mean, there's there's clearly more to Klopp as well. And I, I mean, there was, there was loads of little elements of that game where they just I think they honed in on what Barca are. I mean, clearly the pressing is coordinated. The way yeah. they went in and Jordi Alba in particular, but just particularly the more vulnerably looked. Um, and then, and then, of course, the whole the pace they play at—it's it, that's not just motivation. That is actually a distinct oh, yeah, tactic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. I'm mean, like fitness is a tactic. Like, yeah, fitness doesn't happen through motiv- fitness is not a function of motivation. Yeah, it's yeah. a function of training. And obviously, Klopp mm. is really good at training his players mm. in this way. And you know, this is something we, I think we mentioned it last week—the the famous Ken Early piece on the Irish Times website about mm. uh, like the specifics of how Liverpool press and play yeah. and how that 
and how that represents the kind of very technical specific style of play in the Premier League, mm-hmm. the top end of the Premier League, is definitely worth reading if you haven't read it yet. Um, we should move on to the second semi final, which was. You're, you're just back from. I'm just back from. So I. Jack came straight from the airport. Yes, yeah, so uh, I flew I into add. City this morning, uh, wrote a piece, and then came into the office. Uh, I think I'm still like coming to terms with what I saw. It was yeah. definitely the maddest thing I've ever seen. That was, that was like me. It was like the most. Yeah. yeah, it was like the most surprising thing I've ever seen. Yeah, like at half time, we were like the absolute consensus in the press box was, "Well, this is done. Like, yeah. Spurs are done. Like they, they they need to score three goals. They're finished. I acted creating chances, and so I would never. I would at that point I would have rated Spurs' chances of going through as being like two, three, four percent. You mean less you than you Liverpool's have, chances? You didn't of going have through. Lucas down to score a hat trick with his wrong foot. I did, actually no. Um, I think it was a more surprising turnaround than the Liverpool turnaround. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, they look they, they look dead and buried. Far yeah. more like Liverpool at least like it's it's literally halfway through the tie. Yeah, it's at Anfield and they flew out the blocks and you could see it from the start. There's, more, it of, there's, more, there's more of a precedence as well. Yeah. yeah. And like Barcelona are like precedence. Oh, sorry. It's more, I thought it was saying precedent in a really weird way. <laughs> yeah, there's Barcelona Roma. Yeah. There's Liverpool's tradition of doing this. There's the home, the Anfield factor, which is massive. There's the fact that like you do kind of think that Barcelona are ultimately gettable. Yeah. Whereas last night they're a bit flat. Yeah, last night I was just thought, well, I suppose they've kind of done here. Spurs like have lost seven games. And they're away from home. Yeah. And Spurs have got taken, you know, and Spurs don't have Kane. And they've taken 10 points in the last 11 league games, which is like relegation form. And they have no energy left. And all the rest of it. And then Lucas and Lucas, then he spent the second <laughs> half thinking, God, I've got no idea what's going to happen now. And then when the third goal goes in, it was like a total. It was kind of. It, did, it, did you it, destroy your piece then? Yeah, so you, basically, if you're interested, I had a. When De Ligt scored the opening goal after five minutes, I started writing my, like, Matthias De Ligt is amazing piece. And then when Ziyech scored the second, I was like, well, that's cool. This is definitely good to go. This works. Then the two Lucas goals came, and then I kind of spent the most of the second half in a bit of a funk, thinking, well, I'm going to have to fudge this because I can't just say, like, if it ends 2 all and I have to go through, I can't just say Delict is great because they conceded two goals and they spent the second half defending. So I came with some kind of, like, fudged intro, like, Matthias Delict spent the first half as Ajax's hero, but the second half in the fight of his life. And then mm. it's like, it's, it wasn't a satisfying piece to do because it yeah. never is when you're like fudging and equivocating like that. Yeah. And then the third goal goes in and, Off ev- his foot, actually. and everyone's face is just drops. Like I've never seen so much shock in a press it was, box. It was exceptionally late as well. As it was even, like, even it was for a late goal. literally on 95 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of how I, it, yeah, it's, to have a goal, a goal like that in added time, which completely transforms the, mm. you know, from one from one extreme to the other. It's like it's not like it's, it's not that far away from like, the Aguero goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. even even Ali's touch was actually reminiscent. Yeah, of exactly. Yeah, the uh, way that the yeah. kind of the way that they moved the ball forward from actually, one end like to the that. other. Yeah, yeah. Kind it was of, a lovely touch by Ali. Yeah. It has not been great it lately. Was, yeah, it was really. Ali was really good yesterday, yeah. and it came after Aguero because Aguero was like ninety three twenty, and this yeah. was like literally ninety five spot on ninety five minutes. So when the goal goes in, I spent about five seconds like trying to keep myself together and then realize well I, i'm screwed like I, my piece is <laughs> i don't think anyone's interested i don't think <laughs> it's not really a time for delict is good piece so what what were you seeing in the stadium i i, I want to talk slightly about what was on the tv at the time well, but what were you seeing in the stadium uh, j- j- just before he says that I, i've ne- never sensed a football moment like that where i don't know what it's like in the stadium for this but after lucas got that goal and i i was singing so raucously you could hear it on the tv yeah 
and then it, there was just this silent, this stunned totally, silence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, totally. I, I, it's been a long time since I experienced something like that, or if I, I can't really remember anything like that. Uh, I, uh, I'd say when it, when you get the the absolute mm. complete silence. Um, when I was at the Super Classico mm. a few years ago, because obviously you didn't have we didn't have the away fans, one of those, mm. and it goes from complete, you know, like it's a, it's, a, it's the biggest game ever, so mm. they're the loudest they can possibly be, and then the ball hits the back of the net, mm. and it's like someone just took everyone away, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. that, and and it's like it sucks the energy out, yeah. But th- tell us what you see because I, I I want to tell you what we saw. It did have a yeah, I mean Miguel's right, it did have a real like defl- like instant deflation, like the bursting of a bubble. What I saw, the first thing I saw, to be honest, was. Ajax players on the ground, like about yeah. four of them mm. dropped to the ground instantly. It's a great photo. Yeah, the, 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 the photo is awesome, but actually, when you watch the video back as well, they go one by one. Yeah, yeah. Um, you only like, I mean, the photo's got them all, all four of them, but like, it's like one goes, then the other goes, and then there's one who kind of like falls to his knees and kind of twists and yeah. then just collapses to the ground. And the next thing I saw was like the Spurs bench exploding onto the pitch, like Pochettino. It was everyone, wasn't it? Yeah, like Pochettino, all the subs, all the. Like, you know, ev- everyone on the bench was on the pitch. I expected Poch- Daniel Poch- Levy ran- to. Yeah, yeah. Poch- ran like 60 yards. He was almost with the players over- who ran to the opposite corner flag, which was down in front of the away end. Uh, so it was it was just total carnage. I'm, yeah, I have I, I have literally never seen anything like uh, on, it. On BT, um, they were in, in Pochettino's post-match, it was basically just kind of, in, in English, he was kind of just going, oh, God bless football, God bless, which was, it, it reminded me of... Uh, that famous Argentinian commentary after Maradona's goal in 86. Like, just someone (laughs) who can't express themselves beyond kind of just, you know, viva football. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it did feel like that on it. Like, it was very, it was difficult to get your thoughts together. So in terms of my my writing, what I did was, I think I sent a message to Ed saying, look, you know, I don't have anything for you now. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna send you anything about Matthias Delict. <laughs> I, I didn't see that because my head was like yeah. buried in the keyboard at the point. I'm gonna have to give me a few minutes and I'll write something fresh on Ajax. So I basically just hammered out a piece in about 15 minutes, which I felt about 10 quarter past 10, um, about how it was like the most disastrous thing I've ever seen. Like because I'd, I'd heard before the game. Mm-hmm from someone close to the sort of someone close to Ajax he was saying that there's a bit of a worry at the club that if they if they concede one they'll crumble yeah but I you kind of take that to mean that if like Spurs go one nil up in the first half yeah not yeah. like you're not ex- no one would expect it to be that catastrophic yeah and, and they brought just, on a centre-back for uh, yeah. well, they brought on uh, Lissandra Magallan for a van der Beek and, yeah. and then it all fell apart what, 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 sorry go on you, and you just knew in that that it's like you're never coming back from this Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
what, 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 what is amazing in that sense, this, this isn't just an Ajax thing, but this is clearly now a Champions League element that no lead is safe. And it's amazing yeah. just how much chaos has gripped the competition. I mean, I mentioned this in a piece of it yesterday, but my, my entire memory of European football and why European football felt like such an elevated level was because if teams went ahead, they were just exceptional locking it out and it didn't really matter even like this didn't need to be kind of Milan of the 90s or Juve or kind of one of the great Real Madrid side it was basically even even kind of like mid-level European sides were just so so accomplished at this and that is just completely evaporated why, now that's such an interesting topic why do you think that is uh, I, I, I think there's a few things I, I think first of all that it only comes down to the fact it's about the tactical evolution of the game and everything is geared towards open football now that's right down to the tactics the way players are coached even some of the laws of the game. VAR helps as well, by the way. Yeah, exactly. And even elements like the modern fitness of the players, so everyone's fitter, so everything's faster. Uh, so there's just, le- there's just necessarily less defensive control. It's actually more difficult to lock things down. Uh, and I do, I do think there's almost kind of, it's a bit of a, a wanky phrase, but there is a, a, a psychological contagion. Like, like, and the example is basically like when Mkhitaryan scored that scorpion kick three years ago. And then suddenly, for a little spell, everyone was doing because it's fresh yeah. in everyone's mind. And I think that almost kind of happened with, with with Barca's win against PSG. It suddenly felt like this was possible. And, and even if you look, if you look at the, the last few, I mean, the, the Liverpool comeback was the sixth second leg comeback from two goals or more in the space of three years. That's the equivalent of the of the previous twenty two years, which is amazing in itself. And some and some of those were kind of involving lesser sides, like you know it was Olympiacos against United or Porto. Do you, do you think that like the economic stratification of major leagues means that most super clubs, you know, whether you're playing in the Bundesliga or the Prem or whatever, most super clubs are playing easy games ninety percent of the time, there, yeah. and that means that like if you're, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's PSG battering Valenciennes or City battering duress, like yeah, like Watford or whoever. It's easy, like you win every yeah. game four nil, and that means you're not used to suffering. And then yeah. all of a sudden, you've got like a really good team coming at you, and you concede, and then you don't know how to deal with it because yeah. you're not. That's not how you operate. They, they, you don't. You don't have to put it up to you as much, basically. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's actually an interesting. Thing. I mean, even if we're, if we're going to title race, which you will, in relation to this whole argument, which is slightly nonsense about like whether this current city team is better than the United treble team because the treble team only got 79 points. But it was a completely different construct of league. Like because, totally different. But, and and that, that was one of the reasons why United's feat was so great was because the, the, the polarisation wasn't great. So they had to put up to them much more often. And that was something they had to adapt to. And, it kind of, and they developed an ability out of it. Whereas there is an argument that the teams don't necessarily have that. And, cause, because it is actually amazing. Like if you, if you, step, if you step back... A, t- a team like Barca, all right, Xavi and Iniesta are gone. We've still got Messi, Piquet, Busquets. At the, at the, at the, that's a core of yeah. repeat champions, world champions, European champions. Yeah. And yet, they, they, they still, and so you're the Alba as well, and they still suffer the panic that you'd expect of a completely inexperienced side. Yeah, there is, it, I, it's such an interesting topic because it has become such a, such a feature basically out of mm. nowhere. Um, how do you see, what's your, like, what do you think about the dynamics of the final? Um, I, I actually think, obviously, having geared up for an Ajax Barca final on Tuesday, then an Ajax Liverpool final up until whatever time it was, 10 o'clock last night. Yeah. Um, maybe 10 or 4 or something yeah. like that. No, I think it was like basically 10 on the dot. Yeah. Um, I I think Liverpool are our favourites for many reasons, um, most of all of the form and all that. But I think this is now one of the worst possible finals. I, guess. It's, I think it's a worse final than Ajax because. 
it, it almost feels like if you're playing a team from a foreign country, there's there's a bit more of a free hit. But if yeah. you're playing someone from your own league, especially if you finished ahead of them, there's a pressure, there's a kind of a knowledge of each other, there's there's the way more recent games between each other informs the tie. It's, it feels like it's a bit more of a, a claustrophobic and neurotic. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's like an extra, there's like an extra level of psychology, which I don't think is necessarily a good thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, because you wonder, like, will will the fact that it's Spurs beat get in Liverpool's head somehow? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually I did a bit of a Miguel uh, because uh, our good friend Mark Critchley was texting me, and uh, I did have something I was going to say man. on. You know, when we were talking about the the comebacks and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. My theory is kind of similar to both of yours. I think Miguel's point about how it's attacking football and stuff now compared to like the defensive football we saw between like 2004, 2007, absolutely right. Uh, I think your point as well about teams not being accustomed to duress yeah. is also true. I, I also think if you look at the squad composition now, I think uh, we've never seen such a concentration of, of talent with all with such few teams. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you, you've, all the good teams have all the good players virtually. But yeah, yeah. You know, it's very mm-hmm. rare... Pretty much that that isn't the case, um, but it's it's so concentrated in the forward areas. There really are few. How many world class defenders can you name? Now, how many world class attackers can you name? Yeah, yeah. And well, what the, ha- fact, the fact is, is that Van Dijk so stands out says it all. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, you, you've got this situation where if you take Van Dijk out of that Liverpool defence, so like what it was eighteen months ago, two years ago, Lovren, Matip, Robertson, yeah. Alexander Arnold, it's not anything like as imposing. But if you need a result and you're just throwing on attacking players, basically, so you can have five or six like really good attacking players on the field if you're in desperate yeah. need of a result. Now, that's not exactly what Spurs did because they had Fernando Llorente running around up there. But if you've got five or six really good attacking players up against what, you know, no one's got an elite elite defence, really, yeah. have they? So I just think that it, it's just a numbers game now where there are just a lot more good. I think, you know, the best athletes and stuff tend to turn into attackers. Um, you know, all the people want to be attackers because you get more money and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, there are similar trends in other sports as well, which kind of underline that. And I think it might come down to just the way that we're seeing squads composed. And, you know, maybe the smart teams now will focus on trying to get the best defensive players possible because there are so many good attacking players available that you could actually yeah. flip your squad composition the other way around. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, on the final, I mean, I think Liverpool have to be favourites. Yeah, what percentage? Um, well, Spurs have Harry Kane back. But, uh, that's I think that's a, a very a fascinating that's a question. Really, yeah, so we spoke to him but if he's, so but if last back, night. But if he's back, do you, does he that said help? He's got a lot of rehab to do. The thing about Kane is he won't be like, fit. It's like he's not. He, he doesn't get. In, he's not instantly up to speed. Yeah, exactly. Kane, really. no, when he, he was when he was unfit during the World Cup, he was an absolute passenger. Yeah, and it's uh, you know I mean he a few people said this circle. yesterday. Diego Costa, 2014. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. Die- you know, for if you don't know, he what he had a hamstring injury. Yeah. was a big doubt for the champs final against Real Madrid. They rushed him back in the last five minutes. Yeah, went yeah. off in tears. Yeah. Um, By the way, if if you can get him back fit, I probably wouldn't start him. He would be an yeah. amazing player to have on the bench. Like, yeah. Imagine uh, if you could throw him on yeah. because you need a goal. Like, yeah. I, I've written about this a fair bit recently. There is like a fair bit of evidence over the last few months. Like, yeah, of course, Kane is an amazing player. Yeah. No one's da- doubting that. Like, over the last few months, Spurs' best results came without Kane, mm-hmm. uh, and their form, their level dropped with him. Like, I think there is psychologically. Do you, do you think that's more down to the fact that we haven't seen the absolute best Kane? Maybe, maybe because I mean, we haven't seen the absolute best Kane for yeah. over a year. Yeah. Like, I think we haven't seen the best Kane for eighteen. 
months, to be honest. Although he did have a good spell before, around Christmas before yeah. his, his injury before this one. Um, like, I think there was... I kind of sometimes feel without Kane, like all the other Spurs players give another 5%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. to prove that they can do it without him. And I feel yeah. like when Kane comes back in, then they kind of drop. I don't think that, I don't think those factors are like immediately yeah. relevant to the Champions League final because I think the players would be so motivated. Yeah, yeah. But I do think it's a, it is a really interesting question. Yeah. I just kind of feel like I just... I, 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 I can't... I think for Liverpool not to win it, they would have to screw up badly somehow. Mm. Something would have to go badly wrong, I think. Spurs would have to, because I, I, I don't know. I, I basically have no more doubts about Liverpool's mentality anymore. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I think yeah. they basically proved proved it all. Yeah, and if they perform to their like expected top level, mm. then I just think they're better. Uh, I think they're like quite a bit better than Spurs. They'll have three weeks of break. I mean, I, but that's an interesting in itself. That because we also haven't seen the best Spurs maybe since <laughs> December. Now yeah. they'll have a three week break to prepare for one game to get honed to be refreshed. I mean, the hope is actually we see. Both teams at the best they've been for some time. Well, I didn't mind the starting lineup last night. When I saw the starting lineup, I thought Spurs have a chance because I know they're obviously missing a lot of players, but I really like Sun. Um, I like Lucas as a as a front two. You know, it's not a traditional front two by it's any very means, mobile. but it's it's dynamic and it's mm. you know, energetic and it's going to cause you problems because you know what defenders don't like is is people running in behind you. Yeah, and this Liverpool team. Uh, they could probably be exposed by teams going in, running mm. in behind. So I, I, I don't mind those two. You've got a- Ali in there, Ericsson's in there. So there is creativity as well as kind of pace mm. and dynamism. You've got to worry about Kieran Trippier. Yeah, he was terrible he yesterday was, and uh, has been consistently all year. Re- I mean, Spurs fans, I mean, I, I've not watched as much of Spurs as either of you guys, but Spurs fans I know like would drive him to Manchester if yeah. United offered £15 million for him. Yeah, I mean, I think Sadio Mane is going to have taken the absolute cleaners. Um, Mane, yeah, Mane versus Trippier is, is worrying. I, I, I can't remember either Liverpool Spurs game from this season. So can someone refresh my memory? Uh, it was uh, Spurs. Liverpool won both two one. Yeah, uh, the first one could have been about four one. Although they still got lucky late on. That was first, a, the first one wasn't a great game. I thought people overrated L- it as a L- game. Liverpool was a much better team at all. And yeah. you, but then Spurs had a late flurry and could have scored, could have equalised late on. I think they went two 0 up Liverpool. Then the second one was the one just a few, about, about a month ago, which was uh, it was one all. Spurs got a late-ish goal, and then Larice basically threw one in. Oh God, was oh, that Larice? Daniel Valder Wyrell did it. Yeah, yeah, right. So he spilled it onto onto Toby. Big pressure on Larice. Actually, there's a good piece to be done on the keepers before the final. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, Larice made some good saves yesterday. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, you know, so Ospreay. Onana made some good saves as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's I, really good. He is a really he's good. Really, keeper. really good. He's so good with his feet. I'm really confident. He, was, he, he wasn't great for the second goal though. I missed that. I was writing the first there were like There were like three defenders standing on him. I didn't, yeah. I didn't really blame him for that. Uh, they're talking about him going to Barcelona as the new backup to replace Citizen. Oh, why, just, why, why would you, you go as a backup? backup? Like, yeah. absolutely insane. Um, incidentally, when I was looking on those um, Barca news stories earlier on, there was a, a big poll they did, and it was um, basically every player, like, stay or go, what would you do? Mm. And the most popular player... To, I mean, Messi wasn't even on there, which is, mm, speaks yeah. a lot. But um, the most popular player, as in to, to stay, is uh, Marc-Andre Ter Stegen, yeah. who this season has really emerged, as, if not the best goalkeeper in Europe, then yeah, certainly yeah. the top three, uh, even though people don't really talk about him. And he was a free transfer. But I think uh, when I was watching your man, Alisson, the other day... Alisson's mm. very good, you know. I mean, he, is, yeah. he, he has made a huge difference. Him mm. and Van Dijk, I know it's obvious... And we talked about it on the podcast maybe a year ago about how Liverpool forensically identified yeah, yeah. their weaknesses yeah, yeah, and yeah. made them into strengths. Yeah. 
Yeah, and those two exemplify that. So, uh, it's just mm. so good. It's been amazing. Do we think that like the poss- the fact that Liverpool are now you know favourites to win the Champions League? Do you think that like do you think that will have a bearing on the like Liverpool on Sunday? Because I want to get back to the title the yeah. title race if we can. At, the, at the, the, the grand show. finale in both senses. Yeah, like do do you feel that like because Liverpool probably won't win the Premier League now, it's like nice that they can probably win the Champions League? Yeah, I mean, it, actually, it does take some of the pressure off in that sense because yeah, up up until Tuesday, the day, the big danger was. They're going to finish the season with nothing. Yeah. Um, and now, it, 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 I mean, even though the one the Premier League was the one they wanted for, for so long, yeah. I think the last two months, this kind of sense has built, well, we're going to do the best we possibly can, and yet we're not going to win it because City are so good. Yeah. Like, that, that, that acceptance, and it was more about kind of hope and belief rather than kind of a massive regret if they miss out in that sense. Um, but but now, kind of the, the, like, so I think that's one shift. But now the fact they have the Champions League as well, I mean, for so long, I remember asking, like, even asking our Liverpool correspondent, Cy, um, what would Liverpool fans take? Or they'd easily give up the Champions League for the league. But I think for so long now, they've accepted the league might be so difficult or so requires such a twist that now it's kind of... <laughs> this is weird to say, but the Champions League has become much more than a consolation. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean, though, yeah. Yeah, it, but then are we like? Are you going to make any predictions for Sunday? Do you I think both, both be- will win. Both the win, Ed. Yeah, I think. I mean, I, I'm looking at it, and I just can't see how Man City don't win because you know, like you were saying, it has been these things are almost isolated. They're com- yeah, compartmentalized, yeah. kind of parallel title races. Liverpool got their own title race, and Man yeah. City got their own title race, and Man City have not been knocked off it yet. I mean, football has been pretty crazy the last three days, so you you, <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't rule it out, but. City are playing Brighton, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, and Brighton have been atrocious since And they're now March. safe. Yeah. Uh, they're now yeah. safe. There's not much really that I could expect from from Brighton in this in this situation. Yeah. You know, the, the best you can hope for is that a ton of Brighton fans are really Liverpool fans, um, which you know you see you see Brighton fans wearing Liverpool backpacks and uh, stuff to the stadium. But I don't think that's going to affect the team. N- n- nice dig. Well, you know, it is I, what it is. I don't want to make a there prediction. There are 3,000 fans <laughs> before they got the new one. Last time I, this this time last week, I said that Messi's goal was, Messi's free kick uh, at the new Camp was the goal that would win the Champions League. And of course, six days later, I was made look like an idiot. So I'm not predicting anything. But like we said before about podcast, is, is no one would remember that. Tr- I, no, I actually that, got a tweet. I got a tweet from someone uh, saying, ha ha ha, you said Messi. Really? Yeah. Oh, did you no, block, sorry if did you're you the person that tw- no I didn't I said oh, right. yeah you're right I've been thinking about that all morning sorry that was, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the difference between me and Jack I just blocked that guy if you tweeted me you, thank you, you seem like you seem like a dick um, but yeah so I think we're going to wrap it up for now but thank you very much for listening uh, we will be back next week uh, what day are we going to we gonna come back I think we should do Wednesday because we people. also have that like training day thing that we need to come in for training day fascinating for people to listen to that uh, yeah um, so yeah how about why don't we do Wednesday and we'll wrap up the Prem uh, finale and look forward to yeah. the FA Cup final. Oh yeah, everyone's really looking forward to the FA Cup final. The treble, probably. Yeah, yeah, mm. it would be. And, and also, um, I think the entire podcast wants to give its best wishes to Julian Speroni, who uh, will leave oh, Crystal Palace this summer. Uh, I know Miguel was particularly affected by that after after 15 years as a loyal servant to the club. Uh, so thank you, Jules. Thank you. On that note, goodbye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 